All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell, hanging out on a Wednesday. It is hump day. Uh, we're going to get to a ton of stuff. I want to do a little college World Series. Actually, yeah. I can't wait to hear your guys. Omaha. Yeah. Omaha yeah. Uh, one of the best traditions out there. A ton of NBA free agency we got to hit on because there's a lot of rumors, speculation about what's going on. And, uh, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. Interesting story on them about playing in hometowns versus leaving playing somewhere else. Before we get to the college World Series though, we were just doing something on the, on our at this hour where we're reading stuff. John Carlos Stanton, another injury. It's tough. I mean, nine games this year, he's one of the highest paid players in baseball. And you're sitting there if you're the Yankees and like, man, what's going on? He had an oblique strain earlier. Now this one, he has the slide and he injures his right knee. I mean, it is, and in my mind, and this is human nature. And I'm like, is he soft? Like, come on. Or is he injury prone? Like, right. what's going on? Can you suck it up? And some guys, their bodies just don't handle sports well. Right. And that might be what's going on. And maybe, maybe it's just, Bad, Bad luck. luck. Yeah, which yeah. is probably even the more likely case. Man, I, here's my, uh, when does the New York fan base start getting antsy enough to like turn on him? I, and a uh, real question, you played there, I didn't. When, yeah. when does that become a thing? You're feeling it. I imagine, you know, there are other people out there that have, you know, in their gut, they're starting to have questions about it. It could be series of unfortunate like circumstances, but at what point do they say, all right, we're, we're going to let him hear about this? Not yet. I mean, and this, I guess not the good thing, right. but he's going to get an MRI on his knee, so you'll be able to find out. Like, if there's an injury there, that won't bother them. Now, if he goes on multiple, you know, injured lists and he misses ten day DL, whatever the number is now, I can't keep track of them. That they're going to be there. But if they start losing, Coca just said whenever they start uh, losing because right. they are winning without him, right? And they've been bat- battling injuries. He's not the only one injured winning either, which kind of everything. Yeah. By the way, another sidetrack note here. Uh, the cover of Sports Illustrated is Where Are They Now? And it does like kind of obscure athletes, but the cover is Alex Rodriguez, which okay. is a unique decision to go with him on the cover. But it is sort of a remember where he was not that long ago when he was one of the most hated guys in baseball. And everybody looked at him as a cheater, as a self-righteous, egotistical superstar. Right. And to where he is now, where he is, every broadcasting company is throwing money at him to have him come on there. He's beloved as an analyst. He's engaged to J-Lo. He has a massive presence on social media. And his Q rating is like off the charts of likability, which is insane how far he's come in just a short span, like five years. I mean, you're talking about two or three images that have been rehabbed to that degree. He's top five all time in terms of... Absolutely. And, and from... From going from the bottom to the top. Sure. Like it'd be like Lance Armstrong all of a sudden coming yeah, back. Again. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like having every company, you know, ESPN, Fox throw money at what, him to be an so analyst. W- would you put, um, and he was, he even, like, would Ray Lewis be in that category? No, because he's already done some TV. Like, no, I no, just, no. But I mean, like there were, he had a murder rap that he, yeah, he was, I mean, you, I I'm trying know. to think of people that may I think have Barry Bonds, like, cause it's similar. I think Lance Armstrong is a good comp. <laughs> Barry Bonds not beloved now though. No, I know, but right. he would have to. That's what I'm saying. You're he talking would, about have to if he was in another five years. Like, let's say he started dating. I don't know Halle Berry. Or right, something, right, 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 you know? right. Like all of a sudden he looks like this likable, approachable guy. It's crazy. I used to defend A Rod when everybody was crushing him, and I thought he was misunderstood because I did you know him when you were growing up? I played against him, but I don't know. I know I'm to say what's up. That's about it. Right. So we played on an All Star team together. So we kind of kept in touch over the years. And I always said he's misunderstood. I think he really wants to be a great player, yep. and he's an incredible guy. And I thought he was misunderstood because I thought he wanted to be liked so bad, it came across as phony. And sometimes he would be phony to be liked, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
And now I feel like he's phonier than ever. And I'm like, where's, why? Where? Like, I like the old A-Rod that was just more behind the scenes. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. I don't know. That's just, that's just a well, the way to look at it. All right. College baseball. The World Series uh, is going right now in Omaha. I have never been. It is definitely a bucket list item of something I want to do because it's like middle America. You get some great sports fans that are out there. Huh? It's college athletes. So they're going out there playing for the love of the game. Uh, so I've never been, uh, but I wanted to hit on what happened last night because you had Vanderbilt who had this, uh, young man throwing on the mound who threw a no hitter in the super regional. Okay. First time it has ever been done in a super regional. Uh, his name is Kumar Rocker. Did that fly under the radar? I didn't hear anything about that. You might have been off when, cause okay. I think we, I think we did do it for a couple minutes. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was insane. He's six four, oh. 255. Oh. But the thing that really stands out to you, like if you see him, yeah. it's like the lower half. Like it's just power. Like he's got right. big butt, like big legs, and he is just a presence on the mound. When you put him on a mound that's two and a half feet high, three feet high, he's a big old boy. He's a stud, like yeah. coming at you. He's like he should be in some pads. Well, that's what I was watching last night. I'm like, what would he be? A defensive end or a tight end? Like take your pick. I think he could be either one. His dad played football at Auburn, was an incredible uh, football player. Like I'm talking all SEC. Like won some awards for the best defensive lineman right. in college football at the time. Played a little bit in the NFL. That and he's play quarterback. That's Cam Newton size. It is, kind of, but you know who he reminds me of is Jameis Winston. I don't know if it's because Jameis was a pitcher at Florida State. Right. Uh, he's he's bigger than Jameis Winston though. Like he's probably got about twenty pounds on Jameis. Yeah. Uh, but he does have a similar like Jameis has a big butt and like that's where a he little gets heavier out of his, on the butt. Yeah. I yeah. Got, and he's I like you. I don't I don't picture Kamar Rocker scrambling around making plays, which yep. is kind of the same thing with Jameis. But he is an absolute stud. So one of the things I looked at was because when they do his um the bottom thing when they when they show me and say hey he's six four he's yep. two fifty five and then it says he was drafted in like the thirty ninth round. I'm like wait a second this guy's unbelievable pitcher. He told the M, uh, every MLB team, I don't want to be drafted. I'm going to college. Do yeah. not draft me. So somebody did it like flippantly at the end to kind of see if maybe they'd own his rights and he would change his mind. Right. But that's why he went to Vanderbilt, which is a, a lot of people look at it and they say, well, his dad coaches at Tennessee. If it was close, why didn't he follow his dad and maybe go to Tennessee and play baseball? But his dad was not at Tennessee at the time. So he chose Vanderbilt for the academics. Hey, I was going to say, I don't think there's real comp there in terms of the academic, like, uh, right. <laughs> not, not even close. Tennessee and Vandy. Not right. even close at all. But, uh, he's pretty fun to watch. It's pretty cool. And Vanderbilt and Michigan, one of the things I like about them, both of them have diverse rosters which is something you don't see in college baseball. That's pretty interesting because yeah. I it crossed my mind when I was watching the highlights last night of how diverse those those uh So Michigan's coach was doing an in-game interview cuz like Michigan was the last four team in. Right. They barely made it in the tournaments. They've been the Cinderella story and their coach was giving an in-game interview. Nobody really knows Eric Bockets or what like what his story is. So they actually did the in-game interview and he talked about it. He said, "We have made a concerted effort to re- to have a baseball team that looks like America. And that was his comment. He said, we have recruited to that. Yep. He said, baseball is too expensive. It's too restrictive with travel baseball. Yeah. Uh, the year round requirements, you know, having to travel all these different places. People can't afford it. He's like, we are trying to get a team that looks like America. And they have several black players on there that yeah. are all, that all contribute. Right. And they're doing great. And it's, it's really a cool story because I do think, if you look at baseball's numbers and major league, and this, you know, we talk about bat flips all the time. How do you save baseball? I think it's, it's not diverse enough. Now it is, there has a heavy, uh, Latino, like, yeah, a, you Latin, know, um, yep. Latin American population, a heavy white population, but the African American numbers have been declining 
like significantly over the last 30 years. Cause think yeah. about it, you had Ricky Henderson, Reggie Jackson. Like when we were growing up, there were players that were Eddie Murray, Rod Crew. Like you go sure, on, there were a sure. ton. And now it's just, they've dwindled and dwindled. And I think it is because it is very expensive to it's play it, in the youth. It's expensive as heck and it, it requires space. Like, yeah, you have, you have to have, you got to have space to get out there and play baseball. You, you're talking about a basketball. You can put a, you know, you can nail a, a bicycle rim up to right a, anything. A telephone pole, and there's usually there's and all you need is a ball. Like all you need no, is a basketball it. and a hoop. That's hoop. usually in any neighborhood. There's a basketball court, and there might be an old tired baseball field. But you know, everybody needs a glove, yep. you need a bat. You need balls. You can lose them; they get old. Like there's just there's a little bit easier right. access uh, for that. So, uh, and they actually he was a uh, Vanderbilt assistant coach. Backage was uh, he coached with Tim Corbin, the coach of Vanderbilt. Yeah. So he's a disciple of his. So it's got there's a lot of That's interesting cool storylines uh, going on. And uh, game three, deciding game is tonight in Omaha. So it should be a fun one. Uh, we'll see who wins that one. All right, let's do some NBA because. The NBA free agency Sunday, six o'clock. Everybody's got it. They've got the tickers on a lot of the networks showing when it's counting down to. It's six o'clock now. Yeah. They moved oh, wow. it. Wow. Which purposely. Midnight. W- exactly. Which yeah. this is, this is Adam Silver at his finest yeah. saying, what are we doing? Why have it at 12 o'clock? When, right. You know, Woj and all these shams are breaking this news and everybody's asleep. Why not put it at six? I used to love that though. You did? I used to love like staying up. You know, because I'm usually a right. like I would we'd be up like just waiting. Well, I bet. For well, I bet you were. For that phone I bet it was fun to find out <laughs> was, when you were going to get paid. Yeah, it was great. That was probably fun. But now they're doing it for the viewing viewing audience. Sure. There's a lot of specials that are leading up to. There's going to be a special. I'm sure we're doing some coverage of it yeah. where everyone will be able to watch it unfold live in real time, not while you're sleeping and wake up the next day. It'll be happening at 6 p.m. on Sunday. You know what? Like. So my first time around the block as a real free agent that was coveted. I mean, I had been a free agent leaving Philadelphia. Nobody wanted me. Same with same with Dallas. Like, they just signed me late in the summer. After my two years in Dallas, that first stint I had – I mean, I'm sorry, Utah. Um, I was told that, at you know, 12 o'clock free agency is going to start and whatever. So I'm in the shower at midnight. Full, like, just like 12 o'clock is a number. Like, that phone will start ringing later in the night. I missed four calls. I got out of the shower at like 12.05. I had missed four calls already. Really? That phone for people who are coveted starts ringing at 12.01. They are calling you on the minute. Well, now it'll be 6.01. Right. But like, I, you know, I thought, hey, man, I got an hour. At 1 o'clock, I'll get a call. 12.01, that thing was ringing. Any of these deals you think bargained beforehand? Mine weren't. Uh, I'm... But like I'm talking about the like not no offense to you, but like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm I, talking Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. Conversations had there have right. been conversations had. Um, because right. I mean I, they'll they'll announce deals at 601, and obviously they weren't negotiated within the two minute span. You know what I mean? Correct. Yes, there 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 are things that are happening behind closed doors. What I did do that whole year was I, you know I would field calls from buddies that were on other teams, right? Gauging my interest. In coming to their team next year. So those phone calls were already set up, right? That general manager, um, by way of the pl- said player already knew that I had heavy interest in maybe playing there next year. Right. So it sorted, at least for me, it sorted through like the teams that knew I didn't want to go. They probably, they, some of them called, most of them, you know, didn't call that. It was about business at 1201. And to your point, yeah, dudes probably have already had those type of conversations to where they, they know where they're going. Right. And for some of them, it's not even about money because you know, you're going to give them you know, the full boat. I think this is going to be one of the wildest free agency periods we had with the movement that you're going to see play, uh, take place, the names, the brand names, the big yep. names that you're going to see move. Kawhi Leonard, everybody's going to be watching him. Uh, one of those is Jimmy Butler. So apparently there's a report out that the Rockets, the Houston Rockets are targeting Jimmy Butler. They're looking to do a sign and trade with the Sixers. Right. Uh, my first question to you would be, if you're Jimmy Butler, 
Would you want any part of the Houston Rockets after all the things that we've heard, the back and forth with James Harden and Chris Paul not getting along, um, Daryl Morey saying they're going to break apart the team, then saying they are going to keep it together. It's just, it seems like a mess. Like if I'm Jimmy Butler, I would want to talk to Chris Paul and I would want to talk to James Harden and be like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, after having that conversation, because I do believe they're fine. I think James Harden and Chris Paul are you fine. You think they're fine? I do. I, I totally think, fine. Yeah. I mean, the, have you seen the video? Who's ever totally fine? True. I mean, but I think they, I think they're have good enough. Have you seen the video in the timeout when James Harden's sitting on the bench and he's looking there and Chris Paul, veteran, is standing over him, giving him an earful, talking to him. Yeah. And he says something like this and James Harden goes, Smacks slaps his, his hand. hand away. <laughs> it ain't pretty. It like happens. It, man. I get it. I get it. It's it, in the heat of a game. No, they're I, good. I, look. There probably are some feelings, uh, from James Harden's side about Chris Paul being a demanding type of dude who's kind of losing, um, you know, his stature in the league to some degree and, and still wanting to act as if he is the alpha when James Harden's clearly the alpha. Yep. I don't know that that would scare me away if I was, is that the clip? If I was Jimmy clip. Butler. Yeah, give me some. Oh, he pounded. Oh. He said, give me some dough. <laughs> I told you. Right, so and, get that, get that out of my face. Like, I know it would be better if you guys could all see this up there, but I had to show you just so you kind of knew. It's, that it's happens. heated. That That's happens. what I think. That too. happens. Cause they're, you know, they're, they're chopping it up after that, right? They're getting to the you bottom would hope of it. So, but then you hear all these reports and this is the video that a lot of people are using an example of saying, man, these guys are messed up. There's no way. I would be interested if I was Jimmy Butler. See, Jimmy Butler's got an interesting situation because he's on a team that I I think um, is is very close to doing something also, right? It's not like right. he's leaving a team that has no chance like his Minnesota team last year and he's looking for greener pastures. Like Philly, you could make a case for being, you know, a, one of the favorites in the East next year. They, they have some things to sort out in their own right. But I wouldn't be shying away from Houston because of Chris Paul and James Harden. I, I think Jimmy Butler's an interesting piece there because, you know, you have Eric Gordon – who can kind of go get his own. Um, and he's like the second playmaker now for Houston, or at least he was this year, because Chris wasn't really beating his man a lot. Jimmy Butler does that too. So if you had to get off of, you know, Eric Gordon, and what I've been told by Coco is you, to make that happen, Houston would have to get off of two of three pieces in any way, shape, or form. So it would be Clint Capella, PJ Tucker, and Eric Gordon. Any combination of the two would have to go to be able to bring in Jimmy Butler. He checks off what Eric Gordon does, and he kind of checks off what P.J. Tucker does in terms of that big defensive presence. I don't know that he guards fours like P.J. does, but can shoot the ball. So he's an interesting piece to bring in, um, and then where do you go from there if you're Houston? I would not be looking to get off of Clint Capella, though. All right, so Chris Paul, we were just talking about that, and I think I know where you're going to go in this one because of your reaction just to that conversation. He's saying that he's, quote, happy in Houston. Uh, I think it's a lot of damage control uh, because I don't know if he's happy or not, but I know that he's not movable, and maybe he's coming to that realization. So he's saying, hey, I have to sell this. If I'm stuck here, I'm going to go there. So he said, quote, I've never asked for a trade. I never demanded a trade. I'll be in Houston. I'm happy about that. I'm very happy about that. I'm good. There's only team that w- There's only one team that wins at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Since I went to Houston from day one, it's about winning games. It's always about winning games. Do you believe, Chris Paul, that he is happy in Houston playing with James Harden? Yes. That <laughs> doesn't sound like a confident yes. I mean, what, <laughs> he's making is 40 there, racks. They're making a lot of money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and he's put away a lot of money, and they're winning a lot of games. And, it, 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 you know, if he was on Toronto, would he be happier right now? Yeah, they won a championship. There's no other team in the NBA that can claim that. So to his point, only one team wins. They've done a lot of winning there in two years. Sometimes when 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 you keep 
having the same hiccup, right? For them, it's that, that playoff with Golden State. Um, emotions are kind of raw, right? Everybody's on edge because you haven't done what you, you, you want to do. So everybody's a little bit more testy. I really think this is more that than anything else where, you know, just as a franchise, everyone's a bit frustrated and on edge because they haven't fulfilled, you know, that goal. I, I do think, um, this is one of those situations where the grass isn't always greener. And I think Chris Paul has been around the block and kind of knows that. It might not be ideal, right? Maybe James Harden has the ball in his hands too much. Like Maybe he doesn't let me get as involved as I'd like to. You know, Maybe we haven't won a championship, but things are still pretty damn good. I make a lot of money. I do have the ball in my hands a bit. I have to admit that I'm a little bit older as a player. Probably can't carry the mail the same way. Um, and there are a lot of losing teams in the NBA uh, that aren't on prime time every night, you know? Right. I think it's probably one of those things where, yes, there is some dissension, and it's just my only question, is it healthy? Like, hey, yeah. they want to get better, and they're frustrated because they lost? Because if that's the case, then I'm happy. Like, if I'm a fan base, like, and you're a Portland Trailblazer fan, and you don't hear anything, and everybody's like, yeah, we had a great year. Like, is that better? Like, right. I'd almost want my guys to be, like, irritated that they can't get over the hump. Yep. Just like it sounds like Houston is irritated because they've been close, they were close, and then they can't get it done. So they're... There's a frustration there, which I think is better than just, hey, we're all making money. It's all good. Like, I, I think it's, you can paint it that way too. But in our business, we like to blow things out of control sure. and we like to blow it up like it's a soap opera and there's a lot of drama there, which there might be. But there's another case where maybe it's just a bunch of guys that want to win and win championships. And that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I think they're, they're a motivated bunch. I, I think they have some real roster decisions to make around the edges of those guys, right? You, you're talking about those supplemental pieces. We talked all finals about the other guys, right? What You knew what Kawhi was going to give you. You, you kind of knew what Steph and Clay or and when, when Kevin Durant was around, what they were going to give you. It's those other guys um, that Houston has to figure out, you know, to get over that hump. Who are the guys that are complimentary enough and, and good enough to get them over the hump, you know, in those playoff situations? Chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to Ken Ellen Bell. Uh, before we get to Kemba Walker, yeah. I had a problem arise. I need your advice on oh, this yeah, one. Oh, yeah, let's go, dude. little marital problem. Word. I know Coke is like, oh, he's going to throw his wife under the bus. <laughs> I'm not throwing her under the bus. I just need to straighten something out. All right, all right. When we leave town, we put the air up, right? Because you're not going to cool the whole house while you're out of town. True that, true that. So I have the nest thing where you can do it remotely. Mm-hmm. I forgot to do it. So when I get home, my house is cooking. It's hot here. It was 80 degrees yeah. in my house. Yeah. This happens often. This happens frequently, though. Like if you if we leave town or if the air is just up and you want to turn it down. Optimal temperature for me, what you usually keep it as a 72, right? 72 degrees is sleeping temperature. You're yeah. home. So we want to get it 72. Yeah. 
So I go up to there and put it on 72. Right. It's going. It's slow because it's like, hey, it's hot. It's yeah, got to take a while to cool right. it down. So my wife goes over. She puts it on 60. Yeah. I'm like, well, hold on a second. We don't want the house to be 60. We don't want it to be 72. Yeah. So I put it up 72. And I come back like five oh. minutes later. It's at 60. So my thought process, my thought process, it's going to get to 72 eventually. Yeah. And it's not going to go any quicker if you put it to 60, which is her thought process. Happens all the time. I always find the air to 60. Yeah. And what drives me nuts is sometimes you forget and you wake up in the morning and it's 60 and you're like, who the heck put the air down to 60? Which makes no sense whatsoever. Eyelashes. So my, my question for you is, and I feel dumb even asking this question because I think it's so much common sense. All you need to do is put it at 72. It's not going to kick into overdrive if you put it to 60. Yeah, correct. Because it's going to continue cooling until it gets to said number. Right. It doesn't pump colder air in. Thank you. Get it down to. But I'm going to. Does anybody with... disagree with me in there? Does anybody? Coca, Janita, anybody? Because this seems like the most common I don't think sense you to can. me ever. It's not, not like it. It doesn't run at 50% capacity and then right. bump up to 100%. Exactly. That's my point. Faster. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's my point. I, put I usually side there. with your wife, but I'm going to go ahead. I had like 600 comments on Twitter because I asked this question. And everybody was like, just set it to the temperature. There were a handful of fools that were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> put it to 60. But, fools. But most of them Damn did say fools. whatever your wife wants. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Ultimately, that's what. But a lot of them had really good advice too. They're like, just get the app, which I have, and they're like, just use it on your phone, just switch it. Seventy-two ideal. You know, ideal sleeping temperature is sixty-nine degrees. Is it? It is. Really? I mean, I don't. That's been scientifically cold for me. Yeah, I had a sleep specialist come in to talk to the calves when I was there, and he he walked us all through optimal nap times and optimal sleep cycles and all of that. And they said sixty-nine is the optimal. Optimal. Yes, from our front office perspective, if we were trying to. Contact the hotel in advance Good to and make know. sure all of our players had the optimal sleeping conditions. It was 69 degrees. I like that. I did see something recently. There was a report out said if it's warmer in a work environment, I think it was like 76, mm-hmm. that you get more work done. Really? So like on the flip side, maybe it's colder. You like you're tired. I think it was thing was if it's too cold, you get tired. Yeah. So that's why I'm gonna start going right. 69. It's a little chilly el- for me, bro. But in Florida, that electric bill, that power <laughs> bill is gonna be up there if you go 69. I'm power cheap. Not even. <laughs> I'm cheap, man. I'm up there working it up, tweaking it all the time I can get. All right, Kemba Walker doesn't have to worry about any power bills right. anytime soon because after he was uh, named uh, All NBA third team, he qualifies for the Supermax contract, which he can get from his team uh, in Charlotte. There are other teams out there that are in the mix too. Uh, if he stays in Charlotte, no matter how much money he takes, he has mentioned a hometown discount. Coca has got me up to speed. They can't pay anybody, no matter how much of a discount he pays. He could pay for a thousand dollars, and they they still wouldn't have any money. They have some, they're strapped with a lot of bad contracts. Um, for him, I would not recommend him to do uh, a reduced contract with Charlotte. If you want to get paid, I would say just go to the highest bidder outside of Charlotte. Boston is in the mix for him. Dallas, the Mavericks are in the mix for him. There's several teams that will pursue him. Remember, he was in the Lakers conversation a couple times. I would just bounce. I'm sorry. I would just say, let's yeah. see you later. I don't think I would want to be on an awful team, no matter how much money you're making. And I get there wouldn't be as much, but man, I would want to be somewhere where you could be relevant. You could be a, you could be a champion. You could get more endorsement money. You are in obscurity. I think he's one of the most underrated, unknown players in the NBA. Yeah, he's tough. He's really tough. But nobody knows how good he is because no one watches them play. Well, your av- I mean, your average casual fan might not. Yes. But like basketball people know how good he is. Right. Um, you have to have the a league tough one. pass if, to watch him play. Correct. Yeah. If you are going to stay in Charlotte, then you take your full max if you're him. 220 of them things. 
please and thank you. All right, yeah. you don't give them a discount. There, there's no reason to give them a discount. They can't do anything anyway. Right. Take your full max. Um, if you're going to take anything short of the max, then I would also say probably bounce. And I'm not one to leave any money on the table, right? Like, but that's a big. That's sixty million bones. <laughs> sixty million. But he's but already he's end. already made fifty eight. Right. Right. It's a year shorter, so he'll probably still be viable. For another uh, 20. For another 20. Um, and I mean, I guess when you're putting away 160, you've already put away, you know, 58 before taxes. You're talking about having made over $200 million. The difference in this, it's not as huge as like me comparing, you know, 20 million right. to 8 million. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yes, it's all I, I will side with you on this one. But if he's going to stay, in Charlotte, and you want that super max, which I would not be mad at you for getting the right. two hundred and twenty. I wouldn't criticize. Don't him. give them a discount. Hey, and if he, I, I've always we always overlook uh, the players' happiness. Yeah, maybe he loves Charlotte. Maybe yeah. he's got family there. I don't. I don't know his no, situation. He's from, well, I mean, he might now. But I mean, but I don't know from, if he has kids. Like, I don't know what his situation Correct. is. Maybe he loves the city and he loves that area of the country, and the fan base has made him his own, and he could be a lifer who could always come back in Charlotte. I've and, always said you know, one of that's my, great. One of my biggest. Regrets. I didn't control this though. But if I could have controlled it, and one of the things that I look back on my career and wish that would have happened for me was I could have played in one place. Yeah. So that I would always be associated and have a home with that place. Like there's, there's a real connection between players that are lifers in, in in their, you know, respective cities. I never could experience that. I'm always, I was transient. Yeah. And that, you know, that was my job, right? Like, and I'm cool with that, but. You know, there is something to be said for even if you don't win a championship right. or you're not out there chasing rings, like you being a lifelong Hornet that or – or You yeah, probably have a job if you ever want one. Like yeah. they'll give you a front office job. Uh, you always have a welcome reception when yeah, you dude. go there. Like you're loved in that city. Uh, you know, you're if you do end up staying there, which may or may not be the case, your kids probably have a pretty good setup because they know yeah. who your dad was. Like all, it's little things, but they do kind of add up and matter. And now we'll say this: sixty you, million more dollars. Yeah, you have sixty more million dollars where you can buy a house in <laughs> Dallas and Boston and go visit them anytime you want. Um, I do think there is value in winning and legacy. Like if you want to be more known, I don't if know you if want more endorsement. I don't mean this as a slight, right? If he'll ever be known, I don't for that. know if Kemba's going to be the legacy dude in the NBA, right? Right, and there are only a few of those, right? You're only talking about the Magic's, the Birds, the Kareem's, the the MJ's, the LeBron's. Like, no one's talking about Kevin Love's legacy, right? You know, and Kevin Love's a great player, right? No one's talking about Kyrie's legacy except right. Kyrie, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know that Kemba's going to be mentioned in that breath when it's all said and done. He's a fantastic player, right? But I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. so weighing into his decision. Maybe, but I don't think he's going to be in that category of player. The more we talk about it, I'd probably take the 221. <laughs> <laughs> that might just be me. Um, Masai Ujiri might be a front office executive who may be working on his own legacy after he got the championship uh, with the team he built in Toronto. A lot of speculation. The Washington had put, supposedly backed up a really nice offer for him. He uh, said, thanks, but no thanks. I don't even think he talked to him. I think they. Uh, I think he said, uh, don't worry about it. I'm going to stay in Toronto. His quote was, for me, it's always been, excuse me, it's always been about Toronto. I love it here. My family loves it here. My wife loves it here, which is important. My kids are canadian i want to win more in my mind i'm here yeah good for him yeah i like that um does it tell you anything about Kawhi leonard um no i don't think so either i just i i was watching this when the news broke and it was like oh maybe this means Kawhi leonard is staying and i don't think that means that at all look masai uh, let me touch on it from the human element real quick and he talked about his 
his kids and being Canadian. Um, you know, that's a really prideful thing. Um, he's also like a, 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 an international, um, you know, I, I believe he's, he's African, right? And, and Toronto is a very international city. Like there's a lot of, you know, diversity there. There are a lot of different cultural elements, um, to the city of Toronto and they've got festivals and stuff like that. So it's, it's a, it's a really unique place in that regard. Um, so I could see why he, um, you know, loves being there. And then, you know, one of the biggest things that, that I learned from being in that front office is, you know, you have to have a, an owner that has your back and shares your vision and will let you do what you need to do, kind of relinquish control and allow you to run it for you to be able to do it and enjoy doing it. You know, there's some guys that are just hard to work with. Like they might let you get done what you want to get done eventually, but man, you had to fight them tooth and nail for like three weeks to get it done. That starts to kind of take the joy out of it. And you don't know what Washington is like. You know, they might give you a stake in the team and all of that and all, you know, that, that could be great, but you don't really know. And if you, so if you got a great working, you know, environment and organizationally everything is sound and you really enjoy that. And then we talked about the cultural, you know, element of it, then, you know, I'm not mad at Masai for, for staying there in Toronto and wanting to continue on the path, you know, that he's been on. I'm not mad at all. There is such a temptation oftentimes that the grass is always greener. You know, Hey, maybe it'd be better to win in, uh, in a U.S. city or the, to bring a title to Washington or wherever else he might get off. I don't from. think, see, but I don't think that would ever appeal to him because he's not from the U.S. Right. Like, that's Which not is great. a thing. Right. Like, you know? Right. Which right. is good. So that's why I'm, I'm glad that he's, he's returning there. And I think right. it'll be interesting to see what happens. What does he build without Kawhi? Well, he, they were really good. They were close without him. That was obviously the, the piece that put him over the top, but they were still winning a lot of Eastern Conference, which, you know, regular season titles, getting there, making deep runs in the playoff, and they had to go against LeBron. Like, they, the first time LeBron's out of the Eastern Conference, they win. Yeah, correct. How do we know they're not, you know, correct. Those, find somebody th- th- else? Those teams would have, minus LeBron in the Eastern Conference for those years, th- those Toronto teams were one and two in the Eastern Conference regular season. You would have, you would have at least had them represent the Eastern Conference in, in the finals once or twice during that span, in my opinion. Um, if to, it, and for Masai, and we were saying yesterday, like maybe he should have been, you know, executive of the year after you saw the way the, the whole yeah. playoffs played out. If Kawhi were to leave, and he were to reshuffle the deck, which he's been known to do, and figure out how to move a couple pieces and get this and that. And if they're back, you know, vying for a Eastern Conference championship next year, I mean, that is really putting feathers in your cap as a general manager. Now you have to be like universally regarded as as maybe, sure. you know the the best executive out there. Coca has me his background. He was born in England, mm-hmm. moved to Nigeria when he was two, and then he attended high school in Washington State. Oh, okay. All right. He's had so. a very uh, multicultural, international sure. upbringing, which sure. is good, which brings my unique perspective there. So he might, he's a perfect fit for Toronto, mm-hmm. which is probably why he likes it so much there. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. The NFL uh, is about a month away from training camp where guys are going to report, and the Westgate uh, put out their odds for MVP. Obviously, quarterbacks are going to be the favorites to win that award, as it usually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the favorite right now is Patrick Mahomes, coming off a 50-touchdown season. Uh, incredible year he had. He's got a lot of weapons. Tyreek Hill's uh, year is up in the air a little bit as the NFL is kind of determining what to do with him. Uh, I don't love it at 4-1. to one. I don't see any value there. And I I actually wanted to look it up. I don't, maybe I'll try to look this up and see how many back-to-back MVPs there were. Uh, in the NFL, but it just doesn't happen that much. Right. So that's like another reason. Um, Aaron Rodgers, don't love that at eight to one. Uh, coming off, coming off injuries, he's getting a little bit older. 
I don't know who his weapons are going to be, if he's going to have that stud. Matt LaFleur, there's already some talk, a little bit of dissension. He wants more leeway at the line of scrimmage. Can't try uh, the beer. Right, right. exactly. All that's, of that. that's the most important yeah. one there. <laughs> Andrew Luck at 8-1. to one, You like I, that. That would be my, like, of these odds where you're not getting great value, I probably would take that one. Right. He had 39 touchdowns last year, which kind of flew under the radar because that was the second most behind Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. His offensive line is incredible. I think they're going to get better. Um, that's the one I would like at that value. Uh, Drew Brees, I kind of like, but at some point, like with him and Tom Brady at 12 to 1, at some point, I just feel like age, age, yeah. injury, yeah. hamstring, just yeah. something where you miss four games. And it ruins your chances to get there. Now, right. they're, and like Brady's not putting up the numbers that you need. Drew Brees has been putting up the numbers and I like them. Um, it's just, I don't know. I just, I, I like to find a little bit more value in theirs. So the winners who have won back to back, Peyton Manning went back to back twice, Brett Favre, Joe Montana, and Jim Brown. So that's the only players in NFL history have won back to backs. That's another, like Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Yeah, but it's, yeah, and there's also, it's human nature to say, Hey, well, Patrick Mahomes might have 45 touchdowns this year and Drew Brees might have 40 and they give it to Drew Brees, you know, just because they yeah, just saw correct. Mahomes do it. Or, you know, if it's a young player, they're like, Hey, we want to see Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, somebody like that comes out of the woodwork and they want to see somebody new. Kind of like we were talking about with the NBA, how they do it too. It's just like you want to see something different. So well, it's really hard. Give me a, give me a long shot, um, that you'd roll the dice on at quarterback. I was trying to pull up my, uh, betting, uh, service here so I could yeah. actually show you in person. Uh huh. I took two flyers. You can't laugh at me. I'm not gonna laugh. I took two flyers. And I actually had better odds. You know, and you called me out. I know one. Break. Of them, yeah. One of them is Kirk Cousins, who was 80 to 1 on this book. I got him at 100 to 1. Yeah. Which I think is good value. There's value. There, it is, yeah. I am not picking him to win MVP. I think there is a chance he could. Statistically, he's always in the mix. Uh, this team was 13 and 3 before he took over. Yep. Another year in the system. Another year familiar with his receivers, with his playmaker, Dalvin Cook healthy. Like, I think it's it's not I'm crazy. Not it's I'm not crazy. All right, now here's one that's a little bit crazier. Yeah, but I want you to hear my reasoning on this. Okay, one. Derek Carr, 150 to one, getting Antonio Brown. I'm mad at you. Right, he's I'm getting Antonio Brown, who's one of the top receivers. He's going to put up a lot of yards by yep. default. They got him a couple running backs now to work with. Josh Jacobs from Bama, who's a stud. Mm-hmm. Again, another year in John Gruden's system. Year two in a system for a quarterback, you usually see a massive jump. Right. Like they're just more comfortable. They don't have to think so much. You can go out there and just do it. Gruden, again, he has to adapt more to the NFL. I think he will. I think he'll evolve in some of his principles. So I kind of like that. Coca loves Dak Prescott, which I don't hate. Right. Like I think that's a pretty good one. He's, Again, we we talked about his numbers earlier uh, when they were talking about his contract. His first three years almost mirror Russell Wilson's first three years. If he just kind of continues, and let's say the Cowboys get hot, and they prob they were my pick to win the division. I know uh, Debo's not happy about that. He thinks the Eagles and Carson Wentz are going to be back in it. Right. Uh, if they win the division and they're a playoff team, like he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, that that holds some weight. Yeah, I think his is predicated on them them being a really good team and and doing some things team wise. And then Dak is able to kind of sneak in that conversation for MVP. Yep. You know what I mean? Here's a list of the uh, last 10 years of the NFL the MVPs. And most of the time, they are the big name. They are sort of the favorites. You see Brady a couple years ago. Matt Ryan was one that kind of came out of the woodwork. You see Peyton Manning on here a couple times. Aaron Rodgers a couple times. And Tom Brady a couple times. Adrian Peterson, the only running back to win it. And that was the year he was over 2,000 yards, almost breaking uh, Eric Dickerson's record. So for a running back, uh, is insane. And then the entire list of uh, non-quarterbacks in the running. None All of right. them have a chance. 
All right, here's one. None of them have a chance. You just showed me the last. Yes, you are correct. None of them. I think Saquon outside chance, but the see the Giants have to be a lot better. You can't be on an atrocious team. Why do I feel like Christian McCaffrey's too high? Uh, I don't think he is. No. He's going to get a lot of touches. Cam Newton's health is kind of out up and, you know, no one knows where he is. He's a really good runner. Not a slight on him. No, not a no. slight. I mean, like, I didn't know he got the ball that much last year. Maybe that's... He will because he catches the ball a lot. Yeah, I guess so. He can, he can do a lot of unique things. Right. And I think with Cam Newton's health, they're going to have to rely on him a little bit more. Okay. Like, but for, I hear your point. Like, him is the same odds as Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara was like a high, human highlight. No, that's reel. what I'm saying. Like, I just, I, I, yep. I didn't mean to throw shade, but it just See, felt Zeke, like that was high. This is the thing, and this is what happens in the Heisman Trophy. Ezekiel at 61. Kind of why I wouldn't take Dak because they might cancel each other out. Yeah. Because they're probably if the Cowboys are good, they're both having good years, and you need to have a statistical year like a monster year yeah, to win good. the award. I got one for you that wasn't even on our list that I'm going to take. I'm actually going to take this one. He was not on our list, and I'm mad at our guys. I don't know if it was Mikey Debo or Coco who put it together. All right, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. So JJ Watt almost won the MVP a couple times. A defensive player. When has Aaron been done? No, I don't need, not in the last 10 years, that's for sure. It, it hasn't been done a lot in recent memory, right. but Aaron Donald has some cachet. He's been doing things that you don't see a lot. He had 20 and a half sacks, like he's putting up monster numbers. No Sue this year, like he might have even more of a workload. Yep. There have been a lot more conversations about him, like Pete Prisco. He was number one on his list, his top 100 list of yeah. NFL players. And a lot of people would, I think it's just quarterback driven, so I think a quarterback should be number one. But there's a lot of people that believe he is the best player in the NFL at a hundred to one odds. I think it's worth the flyer. Like, yeah. why not? No, I mean, you know, you know, and, value. And, and if some of those quarterbacks are out there and they kind of, like, you know, if it's Breeze, um, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, they all have 40 touchdowns. They're all kind of right there. But Aaron Donald is doing something. Like maybe he challenges the NFL sack record, right? Which right, isn't right, right. that crazy to think. Maybe not. I might take it. I'm going to take it right now. Um, Quarterback. Yeah, well, let's keep an eye on those. I'm going to take some flyers this year. I'm going to have some fun. Um, Joe Theismann, former Washington Redskins quarterback, a uh, great player for them, was doing a radio interview with 106.7 The Fan, and he was talking about Dwayne Haskins, right. the uh, early first-round pick uh, by the Washington Redskins, about his potential to play this year. He had some interesting comments. He said, to put him out there early against those teams, it's just a formula for disaster for the team, for Jay Gruden, for the fans, and everybody else. I think the young man is our future, and let's protect the future instead of throwing it out there right now and saying, okay, go get him. The schedule we're playing is not a go get him schedule. I agree 100% with Mr. Jones. Oh, my gosh. You are crazy. All right. What? Why? Only because of the schedule. Like, you oh don't. Gosh, the schedule. The no, schedule. I mean, you don't want to roll. I don't think you want to roll him out there um, for his first NFL games against the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bears. Um, I'm not gonna put the Giants in that mix, and then the Patriots. I I think if you if you're trying to protect a guy and he's your future, you, you want to almost Baker Mayfield him. And I don't think Baker loved what happened to him last year, but it was perfect. Like you had Tyrod Taylor in there early, you know Baker Baker was able to sit there and watch and you know get even more motivated and hungry to to play the position and be on the field. And then you know inevitably that you know you you weren't where you wanted to be with Tyrod, and you rolled right into Baker, and Baker was able to finish it off on a strong note. And I think you should tweet treat. Dwayne Haskins the same way. It, it, unless Dwayne Haskins in camp is just head and shoulders above every other quarterback there and, and you're confident in his ability to go out there and produce on the NFL level right away. But if it's a, you know, a comp- competitive situation and, and you know, it's 1A and 1B, roll the older guy out there for those first four games. All right. So you're going to have to roll out either Case Keenum or Colt McCoy. Not great options. I do think you're onto something. If 
Dwayne Haskins looks a little bit lost, and this happens to a lot of rookies. Like, this wouldn't surprise me at all. If he's kind of, you know, he's learning the playbook, he's having trouble spitting out the plays in the huddle, if he's throwing a lot of picks in practice, the preseason, you're like, oh, man. We, it, then, no question about it. You sit him, you let him catch his breath, and you say, all right, we're going to take our time. Uh, but if he looks, if it's close, if it's three guys and they're close, I'm rolling Dwayne Haskins out there, no matter who you're playing. First of all, it's the NFL. Yep. There are no walkovers out there. Even like you said, Ed, it's the Giants. Like, yes, that would be ideally week four. You roll them out there against the Giants, and right. it's probably a team that's not in the caliber. Obviously, it's Chicago Bears, one of the best defenses in the NFL. But you see a trend now that is unfolding of rookie quarterbacks starting in week one. And most of the time, they've survived. They've been okay. Like, if, if you don't, then you know faster. Like, you'll know sooner that Dwayne Haskins isn't the guy. Maybe it's not this year, but after two years, you'll have your answer. Here's probably what's going to happen, and this is why this is more the politics of the NFL. I bet he doesn't start week one because Jay Gruden is sort of in this weird limbo where, yeah, we think he's going to be the head coach, but he's probably not going to be. He's going to use it because they're going to start, and maybe they start off one and two, one and three. Yeah. And then you buy yourself time by saying, all right, let's roll out the rookie. And then you're right. like, oh, well, we're losing now because of the rookie. Like, well, let's build to the future and give me one year, one more year to work with them. But as far I used to be old school, have them sit the entire year. Right. Like, let them have a red shirt year, get them to get the – but the more you look at it, the great quarterbacks are going to be great. They'll survive rough years, and usually the ones that crater under the pressure weren't going to be any good anyway. Yeah, look, I can you can make a case for both. You just put it, there was a graphic about you know quarterbacks that you know rolled out there week one, and while none of them were, were terrible, I don't know that any of them are great right now. Um, the one example I have in in recent history is the guy who just won the MVP, and he got to sit a whole year and watch Alex Smith play, and and I don't think I don't think that hurts you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know that it necessarily, you know, has huge value, but there is some value there. I don't think it hurts you at all to sit there as a young quarterback, especially if you haven't taken four years worth of snaps and have all this experience sitting there and learning from, from watching another guy's mistakes. Man, that's a really safe spot. You ain't got to get up at that podium and be answering to the interceptions. That's Case Keenum's job. Yeah. You sit back there and digest that. Tomorrow morning in the, or two days later in the quarterback meeting, like when the quarterback coach is getting in Case Keenum's butt, you're learning, but you ain't the one under fire there. Like I just think there's, that's a safe spot for a young kid, at least for a while, and, and then roll him out there when it's an opportunistic, uh, I think, time. I think the biggest issue that I had was, was Doug Williams who talked about the team yesterday and talked about Dwayne Haskins. When they asked him if he was going to start week one, he said, well, the decision's going to come down to me, Dan Snyder, and Jay Gruden. Oh, so it's boy. just like there's all these people when it's just like, isn't the coach the guy who should be making the decision? And if it's if it's not him and it's coming from the front office, I think you you already have a you know, issue. You know my feelings on Dan Snyder. I think he's one of the worst uh, owners in the NFL. I think him getting involved in this decision is an absolute disaster. I think it's why Robert Griffin III, uh, his career was derailed, why Kirk Cousins was never handled properly. I think it was a lot of it was Snyder's involvement. Mm -hmm. It's never a healthy situation when the owner is getting involved in who the starting quarterback is. To your point, I think this is a lot like a lot of conversations we have. There is no formula with how a quarterback does. Because you have Patrick Mahomes, who sat behind Alex Smith. You have Aaron Rodgers, who sat behind, um, you know, Brett Favre. Brett Favre right. You've had a lot of different situations. Some guys are thrown out there. Tony Brady. Tony yeah. Brady was yeah, behind exactly. uh, Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe, right? Yep. So there's no exact formula. And I think that's Jay Gruden's job, not the front office or the ownership to determine right. that. And it'll probably all work out. If you're meant to be good, you'll be good. If you're not, you'll get found out. It's just kind of the way the NFL works. 
All right, the NCAA transfer portal has become a thing. It's become like almost a daily process where somebody new is entering this transfer portal, announcing their intentions where they want to go to another school. The NCAA has struggled to keep up with it. They have been granting transfers at a record pace, which I think is a good thing. Uh, but apparently they are aware of this and they don't love it. Dan Wolken of USA Today uh, is looking into this, and he said the NCAA Division One Council is expected to approve a package of new guidelines that could make it more difficult for college football and basketball players who re- transfer to receive immediate eligibility, eligibility via waivers. In cases where an athlete was run off by a coach or essentially had their scholarship pulled for non-disciplinary reasons, the NCAA will require a written statement from the AD at the previous school stating whether the athlete would not have had an opportunity to return to the team. The committee is being instructed to deny cases where the athlete can't document that they've been run off. Obviously, this is probably a scenario that does happen a lot. I think it would be easy to get that if, like, hey, if the football team didn't want you anymore, that does happen. They do run off guys they don't want on mm-hmm. there. Uh, the previous guidelines allowed waivers to be granted for, quote, egregious behavior by a staff member or student at the previous institution, as long as the previous school did not oppose the waiver, giving the committee a fairly broad window to view those claims. The updated version said waivers should be granted for documented cases where the athlete was a victim of, quote, physical assault or abuse, sexually inappropriate behavior, racial abuse, Religious discrimination, questioning of sexuality by a staff member or student at a previous institution, though the defini- definition isn't limited to those areas. I'm more confused now than I ever was, I think. Um, I think what they're saying, if I'm, if I could sort through all of this, is they want documentation from the prior school that something like this has occurred. And if you just claim that it happened, that's not going to be enough for them to grant you your eligibility right away. Um, I don't love this because for those people, like what happens for the cases where you can't prove that it happened, but it happened? It, it takes a lot for your old school to admit, in some cases, that you know this took place there. If it if it wasn't cut and dry, if it was a he said she said, if you know what I mean, like, yeah. and I, I just don't love it because at the end of the day, I'm never going to try to protect the the massive institutions that are these these schools i'm going to pr- try to protect the kids so you know if i have a kid even if i err on the side of letting one or two through that probably shouldn't be through i'm going to err on the side of allowing them to get out i've seen what look it's happened to me where you know I-, I wanted a release wasn't granted a blanket release people had to call that school to get the release they called that school by the time they got back to me there was no more interest there i don't i don't know why like i wasn't privy to those conversations but sometimes when you leave a place there are axes that, that to grind there right yeah. there people that that don't want to see you do you know what 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 you think you're able to do and so i'm always going to try to protect the kid i don't love having to have written proof that something has happened to you somewhere cuz who who documents that written proof who are you getting it from are these people, you know what I mean? Are yeah. these people willing to give you that type of documentation so you can go about your way? Or are they like, nah, we don't, we don't want to. It's such a dicey situation and a slippery slope, which we're going down. I think we're making it too easy to transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, like I, I just, and you know, Bowlesby, uh, Bob Bowlesby, is it Bob or Bill? I forget. I always forget. I get those mixed up. The commissioner of the Big 12, he came out recently and said, I think we should go back to everybody has to sit out a year no matter what. 
Like he was just like, right. He's like, we've made it too easy. We've gone too far. We just need to stick, stick to our standard and have a requirement. I don't think that's a solution there. The reason some of this is in here is because of Justin Field situation, because you know, the exact, Hey, having to document the uh, sexually appropriate racial abuse. Justin Fields was at Georgia, say an incident where somebody, you know, heard the N word and, and he said, it, 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 I, didn't, I didn't feel comfortable anymore. So he goes to Ohio State, they grant him his risk, which I'm totally okay with, right? Um, is it, but it simple, also, is it as simple as Justin Fields going in and say, Hey, listen, I was called the N word all last night and they write that down. That's enough documentation. I don't like, know. Is it as simple as, cause if it's as simple as that, then all I've got to do is go in and make the complaint. Yeah. You have to when write it, it down. Then that's fine. Right. But if you, if I'm going to go tell you that and you're like, ah, dog, like, I don't, you know, I don't know if you really heard the end. Then well, see, dicey. here's what happened. Well, here's the dicey thing is that let's say you have a kid in another school and he's looking around. Hey, all these guys were able to transfer. Oh, all I have to do is just say somebody called me the N-word. You know, and then you can make it up and say, that's why I think you should have to document it and say it was a complaint that was filed. And maybe it's just your RA or whatever it is that your student, you know, you go to the student police and student campus say, hey, yeah. I had this incident. You don't have to arrest anybody, but this is what happened to me. And you document it. So then you can say to the end, say, hey, here, this actually happened. Right. Because I'm not naive enough to really, you know, to, to put my head in the sand and say players wouldn't take advantage of this. And players take advantage of sure. all types of things to get to a new school. Uh, I guess. And that's where the NCA is really struggling trying to police all that. Well, my thing is, uh, it, it, yes, there would be people that take advantage of that, but universities take advantage of totally all the time. Agreed. So if I have a few guys take advantage of a system, I think I'm going to err on the side of allowing the player to take advantage rather than let these mega institutions take advantage of kids that, that are just there to, you know, try to create a life for themselves. Right. We're getting closer to free agency in college. Sports. Yep. Let him let him go, bro. Yeah. Yes.